will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Yes, sir. This is Adam Comer, and I have Bruce Stanley with me. Bruce, we finally have a platform that we are not going to be edited on. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about addiction issues, but we're going to talk about so much more, and it's all going to be from a biblical worldview. Bruce, tell us why. Tell the people. Tell the people listening why we've started this podcast. Well, I think the main reason is just to uh, show that there is hope of a life after addiction. I think the the biggest concern, obviously, we all have is is how do we find freedom from addiction? And then the thing that I think we don't uh, talk enough about is what does it look like after that? How do I sustain? How do I endure or persevere? And I think from a biblical perspective, God has a lot to say about our growth and maturity. And uh, to be quite honest with you, just from my own personal story, I found more joy in the life after addiction, obviously, than I did in just the the joy of the the hope and freedom that that I didn't have to be an addict the rest of my life during recovery. So uh, there's a lot to be said about that. And and, um, I think just the opportunity to be able to share it with other people and give God glory is just an awesome opportunity. Absolutely. Another reason, and and here's here's who's talking to you. Here in just a minute, we're going to tell you a little bit about us, but... We're two pastors coming to you uh, with truth. And one of the things that we feel like God's led us to do is to to put information out there, to put uh, different videos, different podcasts, different things out there that are relevant and actually talk about the things that people want to talk about. Uh, we're not going to steer away from hard questions. We're not going to steer away from hard topics. Uh, and it's going to be from a biblical perspective, a biblical worldview uh, and, and we believe, Bruce and I believe, that that's the way to do it. That's the answer to the problems. And uh, it's going to get muddy. It's going to get uh, risky. Uh, but we're not going to steer away from that. And uh, we're, we're, we believe we've been called to do this. So love us, hate us, but listen to us. <laughs> Amen. So Bruce, tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us, man, what, uh, what your story is. Just life. Tell us. Yeah. Well, I've, man... I'm 40, I was 47 years old when God decided to change my life. Uh, I'm 52 years old now, so I've had five years of freedom from addiction, which was about 35 years of my life. Um, and started out when I was 12, uh, just something that happened in our family in general, just a catastrophe. My father died, uh, and he was an alcoholic, and so... Uh, it didn't take long for me by the age of 13 just to start doing the same things he did. And, and that continued throughout my whole life um, into drugs as well. And just, you know, never finding um, any hope in that. Uh, I will say that uh, to to my understanding, I thought I was a pretty successful guy in life. I was a combat veteran. I went to college, had a good career, had a wife and two kids and a dog in a house and all that stuff that's supposed to be the American dream, right? But uh, I, I didn't know how to have happiness or joy in that without doing drugs and alcohol. And so there was just always something missing in that. And I think to, I was saved at the age of 12. Uh, I think God had a plan for me from the beginning. 
but it was shortly before my father died. And so there was no growth there. And I just fell trapped to the things of this world. And uh, I will say different than a lot of people, I didn't really start using drugs and alcohol as a, um, you know, peer pressure thing or just trying to be the in crowd and, and partying and that kind of stuff. I, I was, I was drinking, uh, with, with, uh, privately. I mean, I was doing it in secret in my room with Mason jars that I'd fill up full of vodka from my dad's old liquor bar and, and, I was just trying to look for some kind of escape from the feelings that I was having, the things that I uh, felt like were turned upside down in my life. And I didn't really think there was anything wrong with it because that's what my dad did. So I mm. thought, well, okay, let's just see. And I just, you know, the first time that I felt that sense of euphoria, uh, that well, that was it for me. You know, that's that's the thing I clung on to for the rest of my life. But that led to a lot of problems. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I think I accumulated eight DUIs over the course of 35 years, mm. and um, it's 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 amazing that I'm still alive today. I'm not in prison, and and God had a plan for me. But uh, in December 12, 2012, after becoming homeless, after first divorced marriage, and working on a second divorce for my second marriage, uh, losing my my career. And just ended up homeless, really. Uh, I was living in the streets, and life had gotten so bad for me that I found myself in a ditch one night. Didn't know how I got there. Didn't know uh, where I was. It was pouring down rain, and uh, I believe by the hand of God, he just pulled me up out of that ditch that day. And, and, and I got down on my knees, and I begged God to save me from myself. And what he did was he opened up a path for me of understanding that I'd never known before, but it was ground zero stuff. Like, so I was 47 years old and there was a lot of learning that had to happen in that. And I had been going to rehabs and halfway houses and transitional living, 12 step programs. I mean, thousands, thousands of these meetings I had paid for counseling. I had a lot of the stuff was court mandated, but you know, I, it was really the only option I had. And, um, God showed me a different path than that. And that's ultimately what ended up changing the course of my life. Uh, I wish that I had had other people in my life that would have told me this stuff, but I didn't. And I, I will say I'm not a victim of life, but that's just the way it worked out for me. And why I'm such an advocate today and while we're doing this thing is to let other people know that, that this stuff is is for real. It, it does work. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it, Our creator is the solution for uh, the problems in our life. Uh, addiction is not a surprise to him. He's got a plan for it and that we don't have to live in fear or shame and this, this kind of way. And especially, you know, what it looks like after recovery and, and, and God removing these things in your life where, man, I live without triggers today. I don't call myself an addict today. There's yeah. another part of my life that resembles that lifestyle. And uh, there's a lot to be said about what happens after that. And, and uh, I ended up writing a book about it, uh, and it just wasn't that I planned to do that. It just happened that way. I was a teacher and I was already used to writing lesson plans. And when I started sharing my testimony to others, they started asking me to write some of the stuff down. And over a course of a couple of years, I had enough content to just say, hey, you know, I need to put this in a book format. I, w- I want people to experience the same thing God showed me. And that's just kind of how it turned out. And um, at some point, I. 
I left my career, got ordained as a pastor, started working full-time ministry and recovery and just helping people. That's what I do today. And it's it's a joy to be able to comfort others in the same way God comforted me. And and um, and I I've become an advocate. I just you know, I can't I can't stop talking about the the great things that God has in store for us. Yeah, and and that's what that's incredible. And I know Bruce's story well. We we and I will talk about uh, kind of how Bruce and I met here in just a little bit. But uh, one thing that's so cool about your story. And one thing that I think is going to be cool about this podcast that God, this platform that God's given us is we're not going to just talk about addiction. Uh, and one thing about your story is, uh, your, your experience in the war and PTSD and the very same things that God's calling us to in the aspect of addiction. He's calling you and, and people to just with every aspect of life. And uh, I don't even think you mentioned that when you're describing it, but talk a little bit about, um, just, combat veteran and the same principles applying to um, the peace and the the trust and things like that? Well, I mean, I know that there's a lot of people out there who struggle with PTSD and there's a lot of veterans out there who need help. Um, and it wasn't something that, that I even knew I was struggling with. I had my life of addiction uh, without even knowing it. I was using these things to stuff these feelings and the anxiety and the depression that I was going through. Mm. It wasn't until I started getting clean and realizing that these things were starting to surface. And I went to the VA to seek some help and I didn't even know what was wrong with me. They, they're the ones who had told me, Hey, this is what's going on with you. Right. Uh, so there's a process in all of that and, and, and how I, I received help and still receive help today for these things. Uh, but, but the, the part of, what happens in recovery and life after addiction is that you realize, you know, a lot of things that you're doing were because of other things that were going yeah. on in your life. And, and you, you, you don't realize it until you start getting clean. And a lot of these mannerisms and the things that you just adopted behaviors uh, that were compensating for some mental illness and, and things of this nature are just, uh, you know, things that have happened in our life in terms of, uh, gosh, I don't <laughs> You know, tragedies. Yeah. You know, just things Trauma, that, yeah. that aren't even our fault that just happened to us and, and how we've, in our mind or our behaviors that we adapt uh, to try to compensate for that stuff, it, it's it's amazing uh, how that co- comes to surface when you start trying to live a different lifestyle. Um, and so I, I would say just for uh, a general note for, for anybody who's struggling with PTSD, there is hope. I will say, don't get off your meds. Right. <laughs> you seek help. Uh, there is help in that, uh, but there's a, there's a way to have freedom from that, even especially with the life that God calls us to, and how a lot of that uh, turns into rest and peace. Mm. And the way you look at it is different, uh, so that you can live a good life, and you don't have to be afraid of this stuff. Yeah, and man, I, as as say this when I can, but I don't say it enough, man. Thank you for your service for this country and, uh, and the men and women like you. Uh, so my story is a little different. My story is, uh, I think every story is different than the other one, but my story consists of, um, uh, the American dream, quote unquote, uh, you know, growing up, my, I had two parents, uh, still have two parents who love me. Uh, they stayed together. They, they, had me in church. I've heard it said this, but my first drug problem was being drugged to church, right? <laughs> uh, 
playing sports, popular popular in school, uh, really in, enjoying that feeling of people liking me. Uh, mm-hmm. And so what that rolled out into was, uh, you know, how school can be clicky and there's different groups, there's different cliques. Uh, and, and I was really good at having every different type of group, every different type of clique like me. Uh, and looking back now, I can kind of see that that was a void that I was filling, just of acceptance and the need for people to like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, man, I could be a chameleon. I could talk about cars and talk about guns and talk about sports and anything, uh, military. I could talk any group there was, music. I could get in there and, and just put a mask on and be liked by a lot of people. I was popular. Uh, didn't have the trauma, didn't have the drama that happened to me in my life. Uh, but I was always, man, looking back now, I could tell I was always filling this void, this emptiness that I felt. And I knew I went to church. I knew God. I, I believed in Jesus. Right. Um, and, and I think that there's something to uh, the passages I'm looking back now that, that even the demons believe and they shudder. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just an intellectual belief that, that needs to happen. Uh, so going through that, man, met, met uh, my high school sweetheart. We started dating when we were 16. We're actually looking at a picture of her now, or a little earlier, uh, here in, in my office uh, of our first date when we were 16. Uh, <laughs> you look like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> oh, I've never been told that. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Scratcher. Uh, so uh, met her, dated uh, for two years until uh, we graduated high school. I went to college in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, and she stayed in Knoxville and went to UT Knoxville. And so we broke up and we dated other people and, uh, you know, went our separate ways, uh, but, st- but stayed in contact. And man, when I went to college, uh, I just entered into a place of absolute rebellion uh, with women, with drugs, with alcohol, with just partying, with that same acceptance, fraternities, sororities. Mm-hmm. The jocks love me. I mean, I'm just filling that void, but the void needed more to be filled now. Uh, and man, I remember just not going to school to learn. Uh, I was, I was, it was a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Going through that, uh, Hurricane Katrina hit. I moved down to New Orleans to with some people that, that knew uh, the area and had a, had a work crew going down there to earn money and, and to help. Uh, and while I was down there, I'd injured my back and uh, just introduced myself to prescription pain medication, powerful prescription pain medication. And man, in that moment, first time ever taking it, it wasn't like I thought this, but something just clicked. This is what's been missing. This fills the acceptance. This mm. fills the void. This is it. Um, never had a prescription. Was always just purchasing uh, street value, uh, and that gets expensive, uh, and that can get out of control pretty quickly. And so I lived in New Orleans a year, uh, all the while at first starting off numbing uh, physical pain, which probably didn't need the pain medication that I was taking, but uh, it kept me working. Uh, moved back to Knoxville after about a year. Uh, I started courting my high school sweetheart. Her name's Katie. She's a, a pastor's daughter. She's uh, she's the good kind. She's the good kind of PK, not the rebellion kind. You know, I've always heard that there's two types. And she was very innocent, easy to manipulate. Had no clue that I was living this life, uh, double life, where uh, by this point a year in, you know, it could progress to a place of. Um, needing more and more and more, and that gets more and more and more expensive. Um, 
we we dated for a while. Uh, I'm not I can't remember exactly how long we dated uh, before we got married. Maybe a year or two. Um, got engaged. Uh, I proposed to her on the kiss cam at a UT basketball game, uh, which was pretty embarrassing. But that's what happened, and that's the truth. Uh, <laughs> and and so still having no idea. Very easy to manipulate, man. And life was just beginning to spiral a few years in. Um, more and more it progressed. It got more and more needing to fill this feeling of uh, that first time that here's the, and, and as someone who's bad on addiction knows, you're always trying to chase that first high, but that gets really expensive and your body begins to um, have a tolerance. And so you have to do more and more and more and more. And checks started becoming lighter that from work. Um, and Katie believing me, uh, things kind of showing up missing, pawning her wedding ring, uh, just you name it, man. Just the nastiness of the nastiness that addiction brings. Uh, and so at one point I was caught um, in the aspect of my wife, honestly, she thought I was having an affair. Uh, and that's the feeling that she had, that all my attention was somewhere else. Very shady, very secretive with my phone, always leaving at weird times and uh, doing kind of weird things like that. And so she confronted me and, and that's when it kind of came out that this addiction was taking over. So I went to uh, rehabs, uh, secular 12 step, NAAA, go to your meetings, do these steps, learn what the psychiatrists are telling you about you. Um, and man, I, I, she was very supportive uh, there as much as she could be. Uh, every time the doors were open, she was there. Um, and, and, I remember after going through the last one, then through the outpatient, uh, the day that it was completed, uh, my wife thinks I'm healed as long as I go to these meetings and as long as I do these steps uh, and as long as uh, just I, I can't stay in this routine. She thinks I'm, uh, well, you know, the mass, the double life, all of that continued. Uh, and eventually I was found out. Uh, my wife left me. Um, burnt every bridge imaginable, lost all the money imaginable, progressed heavily, heavily. Um, and, and then, man, I, I found this place called S2L Recovery online. I just researched Christian addiction recovery. Don't even know why I did. I guess I just figured if this other way didn't work, I need to try something else. And when I went there, man, I, I heard things about God that I never heard before, at least in a way I'd never heard them before. I heard truths about God and uh, you know, when the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, that's exactly what happened. I was set free from an addiction. And, and the the neat thing about this story as it's progressing to here is now uh, six years later, God's called me and Bruce to lead this ministry called S2L Recovery, telling men that there's freedom, showing men that there's freedom. Uh, interesting story about how Bruce and I met. Um, we, we were, we got, we went, knew each other from church. He was in the process of writing his book and he was fleshing it out. He was teaching at these different rehabs and, and S2L was one of them. So I knew he had this passion for teaching and it did a really good job. But, um, we had a place of vacancy come up in staff, uh, that was one of our teachers. And so I wanted to meet with him. Uh, we met for breakfast. I was going to ask, really just kind of ask him if he would fill in some teaching spots, if he was still interested in doing that. Cause he was doing it about twice a month at that point. Um, so sat down with him, met with him and Bruce was coming out of a, a three day fast where he felt God was telling him to leave his occupation and go into full-time ministry and man, just the ordained time of God. Uh, now Bruce and I've been working together two years 
every day just in the trench warfare uh, is what we call it because it's spiritually trench warfare. Um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, and, and we have a passion to do it. It's not a job. It's a calling. And so Absolutely. that's that's us. That's the first episode. That's what you're going to get next episodes, the next couple episodes. We're going to talk more specifics. Um, here's what I want. We want to ask questions or we want to answer questions at the end of every episode. If you have a question, email us at info at spring, the number two life dot net spring, the numeral two life dot net. So that's info at spring to life dot net. Email us a question. We'll answer it on air. Uh, go to our website, S two L S the numeral two L recovery.org guys. We're thankful. Hope you enjoyed this. Bruce, take us away. Yeah, I'm super excited. I I, I can't wait till uh, we start talking about some of the meat to what it's like to live after addiction. And uh, I hope you guys tune back in because we've got a lot to share. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.